Do you live your life rock boat to rock boat? If so, then welcome aboard the Boatcast, the podcast for rock boaters by rock boaters. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an amazing special episode of the Boatcast. Please welcome three people who need no introduction, Jen Wittick, Charlie McEwen, and Brian Facchino. Welcome. Hello. To those listening, we're waving. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. How's everybody doing? Thanks so much for finding time. Pleasure. Awesome. So, you know, we're here today to talk about a subject that we've kind of talked around with a lot of artists, but we've never dived into, and that's six-man sessions. And, you know, we thought the three of you would be amazing to come on. Jen helped a little bit get this together, and this is just truly special. So let's let's just get right into it. You know, six-man sessions, how did that idea come to be i know there's different types of sessions there's there's a studio or an office session there's a a c session so where did what's the genesis of of six-man sessions i mean jen you could probably explain the umbrella of six-man sessions that's very confusing (laughs) but but i think it did start with this the concept that we're talking about today right yeah i i believe it did yeah, it used to be, this was, let's see, 2008, I think, is the year we can travel back to right now. But um, I think that was the first one, and I wasn't even around then, so I don't I don't know all the details. But um, Six Man's founder, Andy Levine, I think, and Charty, you might know some of this too, but I think he was kind of like, had the, he was a very, was, he's still here (laughs) and he will be on rock but yeah he'll be on sweet but he doesn't work at six man anymore but um he was just one of those guys when he was working at six man that like he just would randomly have an idea and then just do it and so i'm pretty sure not knowing the actual origin of where this came from i'm pretty sure that's what this was where he was kind of like what happens if you take a bunch of artists from our lineup and just put them in a room together and just see what they do and see what songs they can come up with. So I don't think there's a lot of extra thought behind the idea. Um, But that was kind of how it started from what I understand. And that first year, Brian, were you there that year? The the second year. Second one. So I think the first year ended up, they got together and they worked on covers and then did a show that's right or whatever it was called at the time uh it it wasn't stardust it was okay so now this is where i was there because i was a guest (laughs) this is back in my my rockboat guest days they did a show and it was all covers and it was a special show for alumni so if you had been on x number of boats you got to go to this show i think they did maybe two different performances of the same show um, because they were just, it, and it was in the equivalent of the Spinnaker Lounge. So it was like, I think it, on the carnival ship, it was called like the Candlelight Lounge or something like that, or Firebird. I don't know what ship <laughs> we were on. 
But uh, yeah, because I remember I went in and I was sitting on the floor. I remember that first show. Um, Josh Kelly was in it. Mark Broussard was there. Um, oh, nice. Skates and very short shorts. With a- Josh <laughs> Kelly, right? Yeah, Josh Kelly, Mark, Ken, maybe Drew. I don't know. It, it had some really great artists nope. in it. But it was an appreciation for the alumni. That's kind of where it all started. That that started. The um. The one, the the writing sessions, when it started to be the writing sessions out at the Bluffs, so the uh, not, the Bluffs was a, um, like a, like a, man, it was, it was a place that was um, outside of Atlanta on like a, it might have been on like a tree farm or whatever. I think it, was, it was a hunting lodge in Augusta. Georgia. Yeah, and it, and it had all these yeah. little lodges and um, I know that the one that happened before me had like Ryan Newell was on it, Stephen Kellogg, Aslan was on it, Pat McGee, and both Pat and Hazel ended up cutting those songs for their records. Um, wow. So I don't know if the, so I might've been on the third one. The second one was all original. Maybe the first one was covers. Um, but as far as out at the bluffs, I know that, that um, the one I was on and the one before me were working on, the concept that we do now putting ours together and writing original music. Um, but I don't really have an, I mean, the stuff that Jen's talking about, I don't remember. Yeah. And I think it was two different concepts that morphed. They, they, okay. they started the whole thing as like, Hey, let's do something to appreciate the alumni. Right. And then the next year it was the thought, what if we put these artists in a room and see what they do? So oh. then those things eventually merged. Um, so we're talking 2008, 2009 or those two years. Um, and then like the next several iterations of sessions, the show, like once they started performing it live on board, um, it was alumni only for a long time because it had that origin of that cover show. Yeah. Um, so it's not that anymore, but that's why that stuck for so long because that was the original intent, but mm. now we share it with everybody because it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then in, uh, 2010 is the first time I started working at six minute 2000 in 2010. Um, and my boss at the time, I wasn't even full time yet. Um, she was like, Hey, we're going to Augusta this weekend to work. I think we just got to get away. And I, I was like, whatever. Cool. Yeah. I didn't even know where she was taking me. <laughs> she knew that I would fall in love with it. And we went upstairs to this little attic and I saw like, I think Ryan Newell came into that one. I know it was Tim Warren from, uh, alternate roots and like Tim Brantley, someone from Antigone Rising. Um, how I can't remember name. Uh, Kristen. Kristen, thank you. Um, so we were up in some attic working. She's like, you done with your work? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, you can go downstairs now. We're done. So the rest of the weekend was just watching the artists like create, Yeah. you know, what sessions have become. And it's just two mics in the room. When you're done with your song, you come and record it just in the middle of this living room. Um, and then by the end of it, all of the people, like three or four of us, six man people were involved in it as well. And like, cause we we're so inspired watching them, yeah. you know, create all these songs and ended up staying up all night with Tim Warren, of course. Nice. Um, drinking whiskey. And he had to do something <laughs> for, for Rock by the Sea. He was doing a Christmas song. And he just stayed up all night and he's like, I just got to finish this. And, and, and was it Alan, right? Alan Smith was the engineer at the time. And he's, he stayed up and he's like, 
to a certain point, he's like, here's the record button, dude. <laughs> Just record this thing. And it ended up being really cool. Anyway, that, that, was, that was my first like sessions ever experience. And obviously my boss at the time knew that I would get the bug and be like, I love it. And so when I became full-time and then my other boss before Jen was, uh, she was like, Hey, well, it's your baby. Now you can, you can do what you want. And we had rooms on a, on a ship. And so we were like, can we try it on the ship? And of course I called Brian and I was like, Brian, Hey, you want to engineer this thing? Alan can't do it. And now, sorry, Alan, but Brian's there for life. (laughs) (laughs) Alan's fine. He like manages like a giant amphitheater now. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's like the short version of the meandering beginnings of sessions, but I think it really was like when, and now that we're talking about it, I do feel like it's almost the like three or four different projects merging into one. And then it finally settled on a ship. And then we're like, well, oh, (laughs) this is is something. So Um, perfect. And that's, yeah, I mean, we've stuck with that format ever since if we can. And it's just, it produces magic every time. And it did before, but there's something about the ship, like making a, a CD or record in a cabin like the same type of cabin you guys are all in like we're yep. making a record right there and it's just it adds something to it none of us can identify what that is but it just adds something it really does and we realized that on that first outing we had trb and Kayamo mixed three artists from rock boat and then seven from i mean three artists from Kayamo to seven from rock boat um one of them being tony luca so this was his triumphal return for this year's. Uh, yeah. That's out there, right? People. It is. In it? Okay. Okay. It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's it. funny. Blew that it. happened on our last episode with, I think we had Megan on Slankard and she had mentioned it too. And she's like, she said the same thing. Like, are we, okay. I was like, ah, oh, you're good. I, th- I think you're all right. <laughs> well, actually when, when Tony came on with Brian and initially it, it was not out there and then tony reached out to get on and he's like and i'm gonna be on sessions and i was like chris you need to make sure six man is cool with this <laughs> and and he's like he he ran it past them <laughs> but we're panic nice. attack <laughs> it was cool yeah it was cool because he knew like we knew he knew he understands it anyway like yeah. in general but it was fun to have him back in there to like you know because he was one of the pioneers of the ship side of sessions got it and that's the sessions writing so songwriting sessions at sea there's a whole umbrella called six man sessions and it's what you're saying at the beginning chris was like it's in the office it's outside of the office it's yep. at you know pilgrimage it's you know on the ship it's like all sorts of things that are under an umbrella but it really did all start with this little nugget called six man sessions that was you know land and sea based hopefully sea based but it, we don't always have the cabins to do it so th- that leads me into my next question. What in the in the in the beginning stages of it, uh, what was one of the biggest obstacles that you guys had trying to make this work that now no longer is you know not even an issue anymore? Brian, <laughs> I see <you're, laughs> the opposite, same exact same obstacles we had in the beginning, or the exact same we have now. Okay, but it's not. It's nothing you can't get over. It's like right. it's a a lot of work and a lot of wishing and a lot of you know hoping that things come together and i mean knock on wood like 
as much stress as we have leading into it. And I know Brian and, and Jen can attest to this to hundred percent that once we get on board and everyone's there, it's like, Oh, and it's like, right. you just breathe out and you're like, Oh my God, I cannot believe it's actually happening yet. Um, Cause it, to, to get to that point, it's, you know, finding people that can commit to that, you know, yeah. there's, there's not a budget for it really. So the artists are doing it. We pay for the travel. They don't come out of pocket at all, right. you know? So they, you know, have to commit to that, like five days, whatever it ends up being. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a way for them to, you know, have their, do their craft. So And, and you um, know, to, to speak on that, like that, that also shows you what kind of artists are being brought in that, you know, that, they don't want to be compensated. They just want to get there and play music because that's what they love to do. And I feel like that might be a characteristic that helps fuel the success of these sessions. You know, it de it definitely helps. I mean, I would love to pay them, but it's just not in the cards yet. But it doesn't mean it won't be in the future. Right. Um, the other the other thing about um, you know, when when an artist does sessions and they they get to do that show like the first or second day it's like the best t-shirt of themselves they can possibly wear. Like it's, yeah. it does, it does tend to like catapult more people to their shows. And most of the time when people get on sessions, they don't know that they don't, they don't even know all the benefits that can happen from their time and generosity of just putting it into, you know, they're, they're helping the boat considerably and, and the patrons of the boat have an experience but but they're also gaining a lot of fans just by being involved with sessions i've seen it time and time again mm -hmm. so though six man's not paying them they they do most everybody does reap some kind of benefit but it's, it, it's, it's a genuine like benefit that's coming from a great spot yeah as, as you say that i think of we've had guests we've had fellow artists talk about the megan farrell moment and that really she just emerged into her own in one of the six man sessions there. Yeah, that was, that was really cool to see that. Like, and those are, those are the, the those moments for an artist that that kind of thing where the entire room and stage is all on the same exact level of excitement and joy. And just in the moment, like from front to back state, you know, that those kind of moments don't happen a lot for artists. And so when you're lucky enough to be involved in that moment, you know, once, twice, whatever in your career, that is what you keep doing. Cause you know, it exists. That's what keeps you going. So it was so fucking cool to see her witness that and see her eyes bugging out like what, but she had dreamed of it. Like, this is why I know why I got asked this session because this is what's going to happen. And then when <laughs> it happened, it's like, whoa, so cool and then and brian and i have, have been involved like in in bands situations like that where it's like you feel it and you know it and that is literally the that's the the drug that gets you the, that's why we're still doing it i mean you yeah. know we'll be, fucking, we'll be in the gutter like you know eating like cheese wrappers but we'll still be playing music because we know we can get to that <laughs> moment again <laughs> right brian or corn I mean, I don't, I, I didn't always get the rapper. Sometimes you got it before me, but I do. <laughs> you know, obviously all Party, sessions. You have a little I, rapper sticking out of your mouth. Can I have that part? <laughs> <laughs> Frank and cracker. You know, there's obviously been a number 
of memories that y'all have from the sessions what what is one that's like sticks out in your mind it doesn't have to be like a performance it could just be like a moment in the cabin uh that maybe one of you or all of you want to share hmm there's so many random i have one that's i think something you'll appreciate but uh this was let's see it's when we had matt carlin from scr um night without cars now yeah night without cars scr and (laughs) he was it was funny because I think Jack was coming, right? Like he was coming as part of the sessions group and he brought Matt as like his plus one to come to the sessions. Yes. And, and we found out about it when they got to the port. We're like, what? Okay, we'll get it. <laughs> he's like, well, he's just there just to like have fun. I'm here for the sessions. And we're like, well, you're both welcome to be part of it. And so Matt quickly joined the fold. But um, that sessions year, you know, they did all the stuff they normally do in the cabins, like the songs were phenomenal. But then one of the nights we needed a piano. And so we went down to the dining room, like the main dining room with that mm-hmm. piano sitting in it in the middle <laughs> of the night. Like, Brian, what time was this? Like two? Well, no, it was like yeah, six so, in the morning. So- we, oh, was we, it in the morning? Wow. It was late. It was real late. <laughs> I think I don't think we I don't think I got set up until around one. And I don't think we left until about six thirty in the morning. Yeah. And, it was but, but that was such a cool like yeah. he didn't even know the songs. He was just playing piano for everyone else's songs. And yeah, and, and then yeah. just lay down the track. We were just gonna do one or two songs and then it just was like I think there was a couple of bottles of wine next to him and we just went and went and went and went and uh because i mean it was like okay this is gluing the whole record together like i mean the one thing about sessions is i feel like you can put any of the songs we've ever done and mix them up like like you're mixing up your scrabble letters and they'd all sound like a an obvious sessions record but when he started putting his piano on all the songs it became like a cohesive record in its own so we just never stopped. And I just remember looking over at Jen. She was over there, like at a table. And you were taking pictures or stuff. You have pictures of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have video. Brian, it's one of my favorite little clips in the in the <laughs> pre, pre-roll like video thing that we do. And it's like when he first started, like you got everything mixed and he was ready to go. And you just look over, you're like, like you're <laughs> so excited. And it's like three in the morning. I'm like, dude, how are you so awake? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was great. All of us just sat there for out, like you said, probably like two to six a.m. that night. Just and it's you know this giant room; it's a massive space, and there's just a little cluster of us with a piano. And it was just, I don't know, it was just a really cool moment. I think if you listen very closely on one of the tracks, you can hear the NCL vacuuming in the background. (laughs) That's awesome. I just made that up. Not really. (laughs) I was totally going to go through and listen to it. Sorry, sorry, please. No, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was cool. That's when we realized how phenomenal Matt Carlin is as a musician, too. He was great. And was like yelling out like, Hey, play this, uh, like the theme songs from video games. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, I would name a level. Would nail I'm, I'm an old school what? Oh, wow. like, yeah. Nintendo fan. And so I'm like, Super Mario, the water level. <laughs> <laughs> we would do it. It was sick. Yeah. It was so sick. That's so awesome. Sick. <laughs> 
you know, uh, Techno, do you have a moment that you remember? Like, I have a bunch of moments. I mean, I have I have moments from every year. Um, um, yeah, that's a hard one because I have so so many. Uh, the piano moment was was a cool thing. Um, this wasn't. This is a funny story that I actually believe I've told before on this. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but there is one sessions and only one where two guys weren't quite getting along. Okay. No, I was going to say that. Uh, <laughs> that was actually hurt. my next question about behaviors no. and dynamics. And, oh, and oh, no, different one. Okay. I thought it was you and I. Okay. No, no. I, I, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, that that's your story to tell and you'd probably tell it better, but um yeah, so these guys weren't getting along and, and they had just written the song together and every time the guy tried to sing the other guy interrupted and said i don't want it like that and i'm just trying to get the record and finally like i sent i said listen and i i gave the singer a handheld microphone and a bottle of jack daniels and said go on the balcony drink the jack daniels stare at the moon and sing this fucking track i gotta get it done and, and the other guy just like i think the other guy either left or just shut up or whatever but the, he proceeded to go on the balcony and crush it and and so for me that was a fun moment because it was like even with the tension we got it done and that and there's something like and he came back out and he was like super pumped that he was like i was just singing in the ocean man <laughs> That was cool. You, I think in that same session, you had Amy Gerhardt, who was having the time of her life. And you guys already had a relationship because you were, you were touring. Oh, yeah, we together. were working together. Yeah, yeah. So you would work together all the time. So you could say this to her without her getting upset. She was talking and talking and talking and just having the time of her life. And you were like, Amy, do the balcony right now. <laughs> and then she went to the balcony. She's like, are you serious? Are you serious? And she, he's like, get out there. So she went out there closed the balcony and just sat there for like five minutes while we recorded the next song. She was in like timeouts. <laughs> if, if you've ever been at a party, you know, everybody, no matter what they, no matter what you do with the rest of the house, everybody ends up in the kitchen. Yeah. Everybody wants to party where everybody's recording. And that's not, that's like oil and water. Like, so, I mean, as nice as I try to be with, with certain situations, I, I, it's still my job to get the record done. Yep. And, and so it, there's usually one, at least once every session where I'm kind of like, hey, hey, people. <laughs> it happened yeah, this, this year. year. I was trying to came out of the gate and was like, hey, <laughs> only thing in the, what's allowed in the, in the recording room is water. Like this isn't a party central. Let's like work. And a few times it got out of hand. I mean, you'll see in the video, like there's like 80 people in there at one point. <laughs> so. Um, you, are you going to tell that story? Well, no, so quickly, but it, it might be repeating too, because I think Scott told it on stage oh. on, in 2020 sessions, but it was, it was just funny. We were up late. These are, these nights when we record are, are sleepless for all three of us. Um, Cause we're recording. We're, you know, we're poor Jen babysitting. <laughs> well, she's there with us. I know. Oh, so I there. said poor Jen. <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah, no, she what are you talking about, poor Jen? She's a ringleader. <laughs> yeah. The truth comes out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we're like, we're like, we're janitors, we're we're concierge, we're everything, you know, to to just make sure that everything's super smooth, that all they so that they're inspired to write. Um, so anyway, we're up all night, but one night Brian's like, hey, I want you to put some cajon on this song that Scott's doing. And Scott was just sitting in the corner and, and Brian had made it moody. So it's kind of dark in there. And Scott's just sitting in the corner 
Wait, 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 dude, I got to interrupt you. I'm sorry not to be that guy. But this what? started on the balcony trying to get Scott to record the song and you were getting mad. No, no, we got mad when we were about to record too. No, I know, I but like, you... don't keep him awake, right? <laughs> well, you, you guys recorded it at the same time. You weren't adding it. You recorded it at the same time. Oh, so it was us arguing. So again, it was late. There was a lot of whiskey involved. <laughs> I know that because I have the recordings. <laughs> okay. I, I'm terrible. Uh, by the way, I'm terrible at telling stories. So I don't remember. I'm just a part of a lot of stories. I just don't <laughs> can't tell them. Um, so yeah, anyway, that was one of my funny moments or favorite moments hearing about it afterwards with Scott's perspective on it, being like watching these two go at it, knowing they were friends, but just being like sitting in the corner and just being like, wow, they're really going to work it out. But that ended up being one of the coolest songs on the album, I thought, like really like not dark song, but just a cool, like, vibey vibe. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorites. And Fade you played. Black, that was called? Huh? Was that the song we did? Fade to Black? Fade to yeah, Black. Yeah. You played Fade beautifully on it. Okay. It was just a matter of, I think, I think, and Charlie had a really good point. He was, he was worried that because it was so late and I needed, we didn't have a lot of songs at that point. And Scott started playing the song on the balcony. And I said, well, let's go do it. And it, I mean, I'm sure that I was way more overzealous than I should have been. And Charlie was like, let's not ask him to do this at this time in the morning. But but Scott wanted to do it. And and when you, if you ever hear that song, anybody listens to that song, his voice is just amazing. But it's also 3 a.m. And so yeah. that's where it got weird because Charlie was like, man, I don't know if you know we should make him do it. And I was, I think I said something like, hey, man, just let me do my job and you do your job. And and then we kind of laughed about it. And the song oh. came out really great. I love when his when Scott's wife listened to it. He was like, "Oh yeah." She grabbed her heart. She's like, "Oh my God, Scott, you sound like you're a hundred years old. I love it." <laughs> she was. I wouldn't let anybody else. I woke up even after being up all night. I woke up really early and tracked the guitar and bass on it and got it all done. And I wouldn't let anybody hear it until I let Jen hear it. Yep. I, I was like, nobody's hearing this except for her, and. I let her hear it. I asked her, asked her to come in the room and listen to it. If if she, if I got a good reaction from her, I was going to play it for Scott, and and luckily we did. You know, speaking about moments like that, when like a relative of an artist gets to hear, you know, their craft and gets like blown away by it, what does it like mean to y'all when you when you hear them? Because I'm sure there's more than just that one time. And like you know, fast forwarding to what we you know rewinding what we've been through with COVID and you know cutting down on human interaction to this past sessions like like full circle like what how does that make you feel as an industry professional and just being able to create those moments again you're Are we industry professionals that's my first question <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna edit that out Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome uh, yeah, we are. We There's the professional. Right? Yeah. There's the professional. <laughs> um, anyone want to answer that? I feel like I'm talking too much. I mean, I think it's hard to put into words, honestly. I mean, there's a reason why we still do this, and there's a reason why we push so hard to make this happen every year. It's not easy. Like, this is not an easy project. It's not something anyone but us, I think, and the rock boat community, obviously, yeah. but no one internally is pushing us to do this, you know? So I think 
that shows kind of how much we believe in it. It's just, we're so passionate about it. It's almost like a really great passion project we get to do. And it has so much fulfillment in it for us, but then you guys get to hear it too. And you have as much, I mean, it's a huge testament to rock voters too. I mean, they, they show up and sit in a giant room with artists they may or may not know to listen to songs they've never heard before. Like you don't ever get that crowd in front of that type of of a band scenario that's not really a band but it's just nothing about what we do makes any sense and the fact that it works every time I think that really keeps it going and it keeps again there's like some kind of magic in there we can't really define it but it's definitely there and it's definitely there this year um leading it back to this year's event I mean I think the pandemic you were just talking about it um I don't know what that did to our sessions, but something, <laughs> something injected some kind of fuel into our sessions this year because it just felt just energetic and emotional. And it I don't know, you two can jump in on this part, but it there was something there that just, it, you could feel it. And it was really, really yeah. great. We, we felt it all along. And then when we had the listening party at the end, people that had a vague, vague concept. People that work with us, yeah. they knew, knew, newer uh, co-workers. They had a very vague concept of what it was. And we were like, come to the listening party, come to the listening party. We'd just been saying it for like three days, come to the listening party. And they're like, okay, I'll come. They were at certain points bawling because, so it was cool to, cool to see that it's not, it wasn't just us being like so proud of, and, you know, and because we're in the thick of it and we're having the moments with the artists and things like that. It trans it translated to the songs and the feeling and the it was really 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 cool to see that and testament to to brian staying up all night and 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 finishing it to the point where i think techno you said that it's only one guitar solo was done on land all of it was recorded on the ship right every yeah so um the only thing that was added when i got home was one tiny little guitar solo um only because um uh, the song had gotten, um, I had moved some vocals around, um, to, to focus on, it's a song with multiple singers and I wanted to focus on one singer in particular who I felt like needed a little more time. So when I structured the song a little bit different, I just, there was a little guitar solo and that was it. So when I, when we sent the record out to the artists, um, I'm going to back up for two seconds. So we do a listening party at the end. Now the artists come in and they they like they record their vocals and whatever parts they're going to play. Then they go away and I and in between songs I'm working to get. Um, and this year we had uh, Patrick Thornton on bass playing uh, playing bass, but um, together we were working on adding all the rest of the instruments and getting it done. So the artist doesn't really hear what their song really sounds like until the listening party while it's being played over the PA while there's a little audience. Um, but in the moment they're so like. You know they're they're listening for stuff so when when we sent the record out i had to explain to them hey everything you hear either you guys did or was there before it left the ship um and um, so yeah it's a tremendous amount of work but to get back to when you said um how does it make me feel like or how does it make us feel when like a family member digs it or whatever i don't i don't always hear that but what makes me feel the most happy is when the artist gets the record and they go, hey, 
Um, I feel like I was well represented, and, and I really like how this came out. I'm I'm proud to have done this. Like that for me means the most because it means that like we were successful in our journey. I guess um, the other stuff is like kind of I mean. In, in, in terms of like whether somebody else says, oh, I love this record, I, I am appreciative of all that because we wouldn't be doing this if fans didn't dig the record. But when, when an artist feels heard, that to me is the best. Personally. Yeah, I'm trying to find our text thread to see Curtis, like right when we sent, the, you sent the link or one of us sent the link. He said something really funny. I can't remember right now, but I'll, I'll find it. Keep talking. Sorry. Sorry, Chris. I'm terrible at this. Uh, no, you're kidding. <laughs> This is Curtis from Mom Rock. Yes. Yeah. yeah, nice. yeah. I I felt so bad. I never got to see them just because of my schedule and weirdness. On, I guess it was last year, twenty twenty one, Mom Rock. But I heard so many good things, and then watching everyone like buy the um, the the baseball uniforms and everything, I'm like, how many members are in Mom Rock? And then <laughs> AR to explain to me like, oh no, no the artist like sells at merch. I was like, oh, okay, okay. But getting to know those guys was awesome, and I cannot wait to see their band live now. Like, I was actually gonna yeah. wear the jersey for the episode, but oh, I sweet. surprisingly it's already packed away, ready to go. For the rock boat, <laughs> Chris, you're already packed. I'm not surprised, Chris. Are, are you I not surprised? Come on, it's already packed. It's crazy. I'm like, I pack like the morning of. Amon brings, brings a backpack. That's it. He brought a <laughs> trash bag once. <laughs> trash bag is a suitcase yep. nice i'm a last minute kind of guy yeah that's awesome yeah. he's like what do you need as long as you have your id so you can get on the plane yeah no. he doesn't always have that but you know oh, no. sorry i'm bringing up some sore subjects <laughs> you know we are are so thankful for your time and and, and before we wrap it up here i just want to ask each of you individually you know, every boat is different. Every sessions is different. What is one thing that you're looking forward to on this boat with this sessions group? Um, just the first thing that came into my mind is that I can't wait to hang. I mean, the whole group was amazing, but Megan Slankard made me laugh no less than a hundred times a day. She's like, awesome. I didn't know her music. I didn't know her from anyone like met her and like, the, the it was awesome to see the artists open up you know because at first it's like what is this i don't know they don't know each other and then we take them to dinner and it's kind of it's cool and then it gets cooler and cooler you know that's that's the first thing that had in my mind there's there's a, a myriad of other things because the rock food is so special but that's the first thing that came to mind for me brian um i'm excited to uh to see the emotional reaction of, of the songs themselves. And, and I'm really excited to see, because there was such a connection with all the artists and it was such a good vibe. I'm excited to see them be like, welcomed with open arms into this community. And I'm, I'm excited to see this boat really work for each and every one of them. I, I really feel like that um, this group had a, had a, like we made it back vibe what and and i think it's gonna i think they're gonna bring that if that makes sense because you know it has been a while since we did this i mean we did it with um veterans and then we played old songs but but i felt like they just showed up and just brought it this year it was crazy awesome jen um i think 
I would say something similar kind of on the same line of thought Brian was just on but like I, I one of my favorite parts of sessions isn't actually the session show itself I mean it is but right. separate from that it's just seeing that group of artists and how they like merge almost into their own thing throughout the whole boat and you know so-and-so is up on stage with so-and-so and like right. they're all just it just sets the stage for like a ton of cool moments not even in the session show it's in all the other shows um so i really love watching almost like the ripple effect that happens because of sessions but it has nothing to do with with sessions you know and the actual musical moments it creates so I don't know. That's that's what I look forward to. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I guarantee it will happen with this group. Awesome. I want Christy Lee to sing like lead on in, with Hero the Band. Oh, that would be cool. Wow. Yeah. They no pressure, long- Christy. <laughs> I will say awesome. so awesome. I have all the session artists on my jam, and we yes. have some songs that they're doing. I think it's going to be fun. I would just like to add one thing before, um, if it's cool. Uh, just because Jen and Charlie are here, like literally like sessions just doesn't happen without them doing what they do. And, you know, they pick the artists, they make the arrangements, literally like, though my job is a lot of hours, it's really fun and it's, it's a lot of work, but what they do to make this happen is unbelievable. And I'm very thankful for both of them. Uh, you know, I, when I'm walking down the hall and somebody's like, man, thanks for what you do on sessions. Like, I may have a little bit more of a face to sessions, but I'm just one small part of it. And, and without the two of them, man, I I would have nothing to do. So they Thank deserve you, it. Well, it's a it's a trio. We couldn't do it without you. Can't and, sit on a two-legged stool, yo. <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't work. Did you just call me a stool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chris, I just remember this. And I, I, I like what I wrote. So I just remembered that we were supposed to do this last year for something else. And then we moved it. And then I guess it morphed into this. Yeah. But I had a, I had a uh, rock boat in 21 words. Oh, okay. wow. Oh, yeah. This is Go ahead. Awesome. So, so I have 21 words. I guess I could add one word to make it 22. Yes. Okay. But, yeah. Love it. I don't know what it is yet, but I, uh, we, we uh, can we'll end it. what 21 was. How about that? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Rock boat in 21 words. A microchasm of humanity's potential if we listen, celebrate, nurture, and care for each other, simply reciprocating the echo of love. Am I a hippie or what? <laughs> yes. Thank so you. Really that is incredible. That's, and I think that the, that's, that's not only a rock boat. I think that's the core of like being on the water there's something that happens out there that amen brings humans closer mine is washy 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 like 21 times i'm sorry i forgot to tell you that one as well guys i we appreciate your time so much and you know we'll we'll see you in a few weeks and uh thank you so much thanks guys thank you yeah i can't wait to see you guys We'll see you, see you on the pool deck and at the session show for sure. You know it. Dang it. Oh, right. Bye. Mark's, Mark's going to hit stop recording. If you guys could just okay. hang tight. People out there in podcast land, we're waving goodbye now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>